Before we begin this podcast, I would like to include a trigger warning. In this episode, we discuss violence in relation to gender identity and sexual orientation. We also discuss mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, and suicide. What's up, nerds? It's Brooke back with the Slutty Scientist episode two. And today I have quite the treat for you. We will be discussing transitioning. And what we mean by that is transitioning genders from male to female, from female to male, from female or male to non-binary, what that looks like, what that entails. And to help me speak about this topic today, I have a very good friend of mine, Kiko, with me. Um, Kiko and I have known each other for about a year now, maybe? Yeah, I would say about a year. Yeah, we've known each other for about a year. And Kiko, when I first met you... You were going by the pronouns they, them, and now we are transitioning physically, but also you're going by your pronouns he, him now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if I, so I'm not even going to like sit here and like act like I'm super knowledgeable in the terminology or anything. I'm not. And that's why we're here talking about it. So if there's anything that I say that isn't considered correct or like politically correct, please correct me. Absolutely. Um, you know, Kiko and I are friends and so- I feel like we, Kiko knows that I am not coming and asking these questions um, out of a place of malice. I generally want to learn, educate. We want to normalize these situations for all sorts of people. Um, Whether you're asking the questions or you are the person being asked the question, we want to make sure that, you know, we give kind of sort of a template for how these conversations can go down in like a respectful way. Absolutely. So that is what we're here to do today. Kiko, would you like to just give us a little brief history on who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Brooke, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, It's an honor to be here. I'm very grateful. Uh, So I'm Kiko, um, and I use pronouns he, him. And yeah, I'm 27 years old, just kind of starting my transition. I started in September this year, taking hormones. And uh, yeah, I initially came out as non-binary about four years ago. About and yeah, what really prompted that would be um, I initially came out as a lesbian when I was twenty, uh, maybe like nineteen twenty, and I you know started exploring my sexuality and like sexuality and gender like completely different. But I, I also want to make sure that the audience listening today knows that I am not a spokesperson for the LGBTQ plus community. I'm simply here to share my experience and my personal journey, and hopefully offer some insight for those seeking. Uh, to go on this journey themselves or, you know, just like Brooke said, like normalize this process, normalize this journey that, you know, that we're all on called life. So um, I came out as a lesbian when I was 19, 20, and um, I started dating someone and I met a couple trans people and it's, you know, they were physically transitioning and um, I, I don't know, like I'd never met another trans person, but I felt very connected you know, I started hearing about like binding my chest or like, people binding their chests. And I was like, you know, I never really liked my, my chest anyway. Like, what would it be like to bind my chest? Like, so I think that's the first thing I started doing was binding my chest. And I don't know, like from that physical jumping off point, like as I would call it, like a physical jumping off point, 
It became, you know, changing my name to Kiko from my dead name, which for those of you who don't know what a dead name is, it's just like the name I was like my legal name or the name I was born with. So yeah, it's I, I don't know, but what kind of prompted this whole journey for me was uh, nothing, to be honest. Like it's something I always knew. And I there was two particular instances that came up for me when I was a kid. One of them, I was watching Titanic. And there's a scene where Leonardo DiCaprio's character walks down the, um, like the, I don't, foyer, I don't even know that's the right word, but he walks down like the big, uh, staircase in the, on the boat and okay. everything. I've never seen the movie, so. You've I never seen Titanic? I've never seen the oh Titanic. My, my friend actually, just like, side note, my friend actually, like, tried to make me watch Titanic with her every time I slept over as a kid and I would fall asleep within the first 10 minutes. Uh, never seen the Titanic. It's a treat. It's so a I treat. can't, so I can't help you out <laughs> with this part, like, helping you explain this because I have no idea what happens in the Titanic. Well, well I have an idea what happens in the Titanic, but I don't, I didn't watch the movie. Spoiler alert. It- it sinks. <laughs> Spoiler alert, they die. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio's character is walking down the stairs to go on a date with Kate Winslet or whatever. So, but I remember seeing like his hair slicked back and he's in this tux. And I was like, that feels right. And he looks fresh as fuck. He looked fresh. He looks tasty. He looks like a tasty cake, a whole snack. A whole tasty cake. Ugh. Yes. A crimpet. Okay. So, but yeah, so I, I remember, um, I went to my dad's closet and I tried on his like suit coat. I, I had long hair at the time, so I slicked back my hair. And that was like the first inkling that I I felt that like this feels right. Mm-hmm. Next situation, which kind of like. How old are you? Um, I was probably like nine or ten. Okay. Um, so I'd say the second situation that had me realize that um, I am trans would be I was at a um, I was at the mall with my mom. And she was getting her watch fixed. And I was leaning on, I guess, the kiosk. And my, I had a hat on backwards, Arizona Diamondbacks hat, won't forget it. <laughs> and um, and the guy at, at the kiosk said, oh, he's fine. And I remember looking at my mom and like smiling and like really feeling like, like that fit. And I guess I then ignored it for years, but... um. That was a that was a pivotal moment for sure. That's really exciting. So, do you so the way that you view yourself, do you view yourself as a man that got put in the wrong body? Does that would, make sense? Yeah, it does make perfect sense. I I would say yeah. I mean, I think in short, yes. You know, I think that's just always how I felt, you know. And once I cut my hair short, all bets were off, you know. All bets were off. All bets were on, <laughs> really. I mean, I think um you know, gender identity and gender expression are definitely different, but for me, they match up being like a transmasculine person for mm-hmm. sure. So, okay, cool. So, but you started hormones back in September, right? But before you started hormones, you have been binding your chest. Yes. Can you tell me what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So, first and foremost, I want to say if you are choosing to bind, bind safely. There are companies out there. I bind with, I bind with, it kind of sounds funny, but I bind with a company called G2CB. Um, they're awesome. You can order their binders online. So what that means is it's basically like I bind with a tank. So it's got like a compression on top where my, my breasts are. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom, it's just like sort of like a looser bottom of the tank kind of thing. Okay. You so can have like ha- tank top. 
Yeah, right. you can also half bind. I have a couple half binders, which are like they're they're kind of like sports bras, okay, but just so tighter. Okay, so like a really tight compression yeah. sports bra. It's not as uncomfortable as people would think. I mean, definitely in the summer, it's been it's a nightmare. Right. It's. I remember the first time I put on a, a chest binder. My friend at work, shout out Cole from Apple, um, gave me my first binder from the Trans Health Conference in Philly, um, and he had picked one up for me while he was down there. And I put it on and I looked down at my chest and I was like, again, like sort of like the, the, at the kiosk, like it felt right. It just felt like it fit. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like such a nice experience. Yeah. Um, you said the trans health conference, does that always happen in Philly or is that like around the country? Is that like annually? Do you know? I just know that it's, I know of the one in Philly. I'm not sure if that's like, I might be the world health or the World Trans Health Conference, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think this stuff is, like, very new for me as well. So if I don't have the answers, please, please don't, uh, you know, not you, but, you yeah. know, the listeners. You yeah, know. I just think it's important to note that there are, like, conferences and yeah, events oh my gosh, for, like, the trans yeah. community. And, like, if you're feeling alone, you don't have to because there's, like, these large gatherings of people in the community that you can, like, have conversations definitely and like you don't need to feel alone i think it's really amazing that the conference was here and like maybe it's here every year maybe there is one here every year i don't know but you know obviously with covid these things are going to be a little bit Mm -hmm. less likely but i'm sure there's like facebook groups and like things like that like there's definitely websites so like if you want to get involved in these things there's totally opportunities for you to get involved yeah there's great somewhere i found a lot of support not necessarily by even posting but by reading the posts um there's several facebook groups that actually some of my uh, friends have like put me in like or invited me to i guess and i've like read through post there i can definitely relate with a lot of what's going on there they're they're huge massive groups Mm -hmm. but the support is always there it's people from all over the country all over the world like just insane support like with people that I don't even know personally, but like can relate to the journey, mm-hmm. you know, that, yeah. that are experiencing and walking alongside each other on this same journey. Yeah. So if any of you have any questions about these Facebook groups or you want to be added to these groups and you don't really know how to go about it, I will be tagging Kiko in my posts on Instagram at the Slutty Scientist podcast. So feel free to reach out to Kiko. He's so sweet, so friendly, always willing to help. And he would be more than happy to help you get connected within the community if you have any questions or need anything at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked to help cultivate whatever. (laughs) Yeah. So and even if you don't have any questions, add Kiko anyway. He is actually the one who did the intro music. So I will be adding his DJ account. Okay. So next thing is that I touched on this very quickly, but you started taking hormones in September, Mm -hmm. which I remember when you started taking hormones, I was so hyped for you because I know that that was something that you really had wanted to do for a while. So tell me what that experience has been like for you so far. It's been awesome. Um, It's just like another affirming thing I've been able to been very fortunate to do um, and to have access to, you know, very conscious that not everyone has that ability or access. But for me, I think what's been most exciting about it is one, the response from friends, like it's been like, again, like another affirming thing. But that experience has been, I guess, exciting would be the first word. It's been easier than I thought. I, I held off for like a long time because I thought, oh man, like this just doesn't seem like accessible to me. Like what if this, what if that, like all the what ifs. But 
I initially started with the service called Plume, which is an online provider. I ended up switching locally to Planned Parenthood. I just felt more comfortable going with somewhere local. Um, just like if I ever needed anything, I could, you know, run down to Philly. You know, everything's virtual right now with them. But so do you want me to talk a little bit about the process of like going through that? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, what yeah, I. Yeah, because like you said, it, it sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, um, it, did, it didn't really f- feel accessible. And I think a lot of the times like when we're learning how to get a new doctor, even like me, like I had to get mm-hmm. a new dentist and I was like, I don't know how to go about this. This seems overwhelming. I don't want to do it. These processes are actually like a lot easier usually than we think. So if you can go from like beginning to end on like how you did it, where you got, I think that would really help. Yeah, listeners. absolutely. So what I did first with Planned Parenthood was I, I put in like a, I went to their website and I put in a request for an appointment. They called me. I spoke to a person that set me up with an appointment for an initial consult. They asked me a bunch of questions. Um, like, and I had already been on uh, hormones with Plume, but I think what was it called? Plume. Plume. P l o o m. P l u m e. Plume. P l u m e. So their process was quite simple. It's like sim- very similar to this one, and you know, it being an international pandemic, everything is virtual right now. So I met with. Um, with Planned Parenthood, I met with, I guess, a, like a case manager. I think it was via Zoom, Zoom or FaceTime. I forget exactly which platform, but and we talked about like how much I was on uh, initially, uh, which I ended up accidentally taking three times the amount. So, folks, <laughs> read your, <laughs> read your. Um, that is like the most like, Kiko thing I think I've ever heard in my life. When you told me that, you were like, Brooke, I have something to tell you. And I was like, what? And you were like, I have been taking triple the dose per week that I am supposed to be taking. And I was like, Kiko. Would you, it's just not safe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure you're like anxious and everything. And like, you know, when you're anxious, you know, all like. Normal things like reading could just go out the window. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It totally makes sense of like you're really nervous and like you read it and you read it wrong and then you just think it's correct and you don't reread it again. But like I remember your voice dropped almost immediately yeah. and I was super <laughs> surprised and I yeah. feel like it probably has to do with the fact yeah. that you're taking triple the dose. Yes. So yes, read your doses uh, correctly. Um, so what what that, you know, what that looked like then was it, they sent it to my local pharmacy. You know, I asked which pharmacy I used, all that good stuff. I... Uh, something I really appreciated, I'm going to shout out Planned Parenthood here. They asked like how I would like to be addressed at the pharmacy. Like they could actually put my, my name, not my dead name on the, um, on the, uh, like information. So the prescription, yeah, yeah the prescription. So like, I didn't, I, ch- I, I, sh- I should probably switch that because they're always like dead name. And I'm like, Oh God. So I had the option to do that. And I, um, so yeah, I went and picked up my prescription. Very fortunate that my, um, my insurance, like, pretty much covers it mm-hmm. um so i use like a flex card to pay you can also obviously you know use cash or card or whatever but and then uh from there in the beginning i had my friend uh rachel again shout out rachel she's a, a nurse uh give me my shot i was very nervous to you know it's like you're sticking yourself with a needle there's like it's a thicker substance like physically so it was um it was weird like it was like like viscous like syrup yeah 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 so it's like um she taught me everything i needed to know you know she was very and and planned parenthood too they they um and plume sent me like videos like you know i asked multiple times so i need any assistance knowing how to do this stuff so it's not like i really thought it was just gonna be like here's your prescription go right but it's much much more than that mm-hmm. um it's much more support 
Um, yeah. So um, you really felt supported by your doctors, by Plume, by Planned yes. Parenthood in this whole process. Oh my gosh, yeah. And you felt comfortable. You felt understood, not judged. This was a good experience overall. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I never felt like they just know. They know mm-hmm. their shit. Right. You know, it's not like I'm walking into like, you know, they're coming in blind like, oh, what's this medication about? Mm-hmm. Like they just, they are built. Planned Parenthood is built for that. Mm-hmm. You know, Plume is built for that. Right. So I felt like there were certain things that I needed to learn, but like such as giving myself the shot mm-hmm. um, now, but they are so on top of everything. Right. So I think there's a couple of things here that I want to note. One, there are specific services to help you with hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. um, or HRT is what it's called. So Plume is one of them. Planned Parenthood is another one. I'm sure you can Google and find more in your area if you feel more comfortable going in person. I'm not sure if there is any right now in Philadelphia. There's definitely not. But in other areas of the country, I know it's not as locked down as we are. And secondly, something that Kiko said that's really important is that he got hormones through his insurance. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want anyone to feel like they won't be able to manage it if they don't have insurance. I'm sure there are definitely ways. Reach out to these providers. They're professionals and they know what they're talking about and they can help you. You know, the fact that insurance covers this is like, I mean, it's just, it's a privilege almost. You know what I mean? To have Absolutely. health insurance. Like, yeah. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I tried to touch on last episode. That's one of the things I like to touch on now is that, like, not everyone has health insurance. Not everyone listening to this podcast has health insurance. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely services for you. Even if you don't have health insurance, you're still not alone. And I think that that is really important to note. We were talking about hormones this whole time. So I'm going to define hormone replacement therapy for you guys right now. So HRT, hormone replacement therapy, is for transgender individuals who are going from male to female, female to male, male or female to non-binary, and it is a way to get the more desired hormones. So for female to male, you get testosterone hormones, and these what testosterone does is it suppresses female characteristics in trans men. So there's four different types of hormones that I read about that you can go by and obviously like contact a professional about this talk to your professional about this but just so you can get an idea of what there is out there like the type of technology that is out there that can help you there's oral I'm pretty sure it's like one pill a day there is the parental which is what Kiko gets which is the subcutaneous shot it's the intramuscular shot so it goes under your muscle so Kiko gets a shot in his butt every week under the butt muscle I mean that's just the easiest place to do Mm -hmm. it because then it's not like hurting you really um and there's a lot of muscle there and that is one per week there's an implant which is also sub q so that's it's going to be under your muscle somewhere and it's an implant and then there is a transdermal so it's usually a patch or a gel and you have to reapply it every day Mm -hmm. um so those are your four options for your testosterone now if you're a trans woman There's two different types of hormones you're going to need. You're going to need estrogen and you're also going to need T-blockers. So what T-blockers do is it blocks the testosterone and then estrogen replaces the hormones to give you more of a feminine appearance. So um, usually just the estrogen doesn't do enough because testosterone is a really, really strong hormone. So what the estrogen, the T-blockers stop the testosterone and then the estrogen replaces it. So that you start to distribute fat in different places in your body, more like a woman. So in like your breast tissue, 
you know, like your hips, like just woman, like feminine features, and then also stop the male um, hair pattern. So like it'll stop your facial hair from growing. So there's three different ways to take that. So there's oral, which is once a day. There's the parental, which is the sub-Q, which is what Kiko does. Um, It's the shot below your muscle. And then there's a transdermal, which again is like a gel or a patch. And then for the T-blockers, there's like a bunch of different kinds. There's pills, there's implants, there's like tons of options. And again, like I said, discuss with your doctor which is going to be best for you. And I can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. I mean, not that you'll get any care without discussing with the doctor, but like don't go in there being like, this is the kind I want because it might not be the proper kind for you um, or it might not work as well for you and get the desired results. So you definitely want to like consult with a professional. Yeah. Uh, when I was consulting with um, initially Plume, they they actually asked me, they were like, which kind were you thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then they explained just as you did, like mm-hmm. um, the what results and how fast and right how to apply or whatever that's really great that they took in like what you wanted into consideration yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean there's definitely like some people who are not going to want to get a shot because they're Mm -hmm. afraid of needles like Mm -hmm. that transdermal or that pill like might be great but Mm -hmm. that's like once a day there's like benefits and there's um downfalls to each one i'm sure so you have to do the one that fits your lifestyle the best Mm -hmm. um and just so everybody knows i am going to be posting all of my sources in the description like I did last week. Everything that I have is going to be posted and you will be able to access all of the resources that I've accessed. They're all either primary resources or it's like, you know, really well-known sources like Healthline. Now that you've started taking hormones, what is your next step? Yeah, so I have been looking into top surgery, which is exciting. Um, I'm getting a little cold feet, so I actually, fun, oddly enough, my surgery was scheduled for today. I did cancel That's it. That's what I thought, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. No, I did Um, I did cancel it. I decided I wanted to go with a different surgeon, and I'm, I'm nervous. You know, and that's, that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Like, if you decide last minute that you don't want to get this done, you don't have to do anything right. permanent to your body. Yeah. And if there's a surgeon that you are not fully confident with, there are plenty of surgeons out there. You can cancel. Mm-hmm. You are not locked into this. Oh yeah, you are. Yeah. You, this is literally this is altering your body forever. So you can back out. You can back out, and you and like Brooke said too. Like you also have the choice. Like you can go with who you want to go with. Mm-hmm. Like do your research. I didn't do my research and got a lot of messages from my trans friends and f- you know family. I would consider them like about like hey like the surgeon. I'm not going to name names, but isn't someone that I. I've heard, you know, not great things. So you might want to do a little more research. And I was like, you know, ominous warning, which I did heed. (laughs) So and um, I I thank my friends who reached out and, you know, gave me some more information because it's all about, you know, just like this podcast. I think we're all learning. We're all gathering new information. And, you know, like Brooke said, it's a, you know, uh, for me, it was like I almost went through with it because I was like, I really want this done. I really want this done. But it was like, no, but I also want it done correctly. I want it done. I want it right. Yeah. And like. You know, this, this is not like an easy surgery. Like this right. is a forever thing. Right. And so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you have second thoughts, you should not be having second thoughts. So if you have second thoughts about like your surgeon in particular, I mean, it's natural to get cold feet. Mm-hmm. Like, do I really want to do this? Why do I really want this? I mean, it's really easy to get in your head. But if you're having second thoughts about your surgeon, Correct. right? that's a problem. And you need to do more research and you need to discuss with more people. And that's where these forums are really going to come in handy. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see all the time. Did anyone have... 
uh, top surgery with blah, 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 and like the Facebook group, and people respond so quickly, right. <laughs> honestly. Um, and, and, you know, oh, this is my experience. It's, it's really cool. Right. Well, I'm glad that, you know, you took a step back and you mm-hmm. didn't make any rash decisions. Um, I know that this is something that you want really bad mm-hmm. because, I mean, it'll make it so much easier in the beginning of the day, like not having to bind uh, your yep. chest every day. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're like taking your time and like, you know, really finding an understanding for like what's happening and like who's doing this to you, like that's that's really great. Yeah, and I really commend you for that. Yeah, thank um, you. And I think a, a large part of that is the the community of trans folks around me being like, there's one person in particular I'm thinking I won't call them out, but like that reached out several times, and mm-hmm. I, you know I should probably message them and just thank them. Right, it's, it's important. Absolutely, it is so important, and to get to inject yourself into the community is going to help you so much. Mm-hmm. And so, for those of you who don't know what top surgery is or you don't have a full understanding of top surgery. It is the surgery that occurs above the belt line. So your breast, your chest area, we all know that this is one of like the main ways that you can determine a man from a woman is breast size. Um, So what Kiko will be going through is top surgery for trans men. So there's usually two different types and the one that Kiko is getting is the most common, and it's called bilateral mastectomy with double incision. So what they do, and I'm going to try to like paint this picture for you as best as possible. However, I'm also going to link a video that mm-hmm. really helps me understand what was happening. So what they do is they make two incisions. One goes under the breast, like the full length of the breast. Just like it would, like that's how I got my breast augmentation is I got caught underneath my breast, but it wasn't the full length. So it's the full length of the breast under. And then there is a second incision above the breast, like above the nipple, and it runs parallel to it. And then they connect it Mm -hmm. on each side. So it's almost like a square. And what they do is they take a nipple graft. So they'll, so usually female nipples are a lot bigger than males. So They'll take like a two centimeter nipple graph and they will cut the rest of the areola off. So you just are left with that two centimeter nipple and they will take out that skin and all the remaining fat that is where the breast tissue is. So they will take all of that out and what they will do is they will pull the top section of skin down to the bottom cut of skin. That's why they're parallel so they can pull it down. And so they remove all the excess skin, all of the breast tissue, and then they place the nipple closer to, like, it's not, like, in the middle. It's, like, closer to the to the outside because that's usually where male nipples lay. It's, like, different than female nipples, which I didn't know. And so that's kind of how that's done, and it's done on both sides. So they're removing a lot. I mean, mm. it's, it's not, like, an easy surgery. The recovery is four to six weeks, um, and they're removing a lot of skin. They're removing a lot of fat they're removing a lot of tissue so it's it's not like an easy surgery no it's not i um and and what for what you just explained um with the uh incisions and all that the 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 um consult i had with a particular surgeon uh i think they typically explain all of that which is great too because like i didn't know any of that like mm-hmm. i yeah it was good to know what to expect and i think that kind of scared me in a way yeah like it kind of helped me realize i'm not quite ready mm-hmm. But yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so that's what happens on both sides, and then you still have a nipple. They do their they do their best not to mess with the sensation of the nipple, but mm-hmm. there's going to be nerve damage yeah. just because you're cutting all of that out. So you probably won't have feeling in the nipple afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what I read is that you most likely won't have feeling in your nipple. 
but they remove like the the milk ducts and everything so you will no longer produce milk um not that you would anyway with the testosterone but that's just another piece of anatomy that's going to be missing when you go through this surgery so usually after they do the surgery there's a a, there's a drain that's going to be in place to like drain any fluids from it so that's going to be in there for a little while just so there's no buildup. and then they'll give you a compression garment similar to what you've been binding your chest with i'm sure just Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything stays in place your nipple will be covered for five to seven days just so that remains in place and they'll just wrap you up all nice and tight Mm -hmm. so that nothing moves around everything stays where it's supposed to the the hose stays where it needs to be and everything goes well and like i said the recovery is four to six weeks which isn't so bad when i got my boobs done my recovery was four weeks and it went by pretty quick honestly yeah i think um well, in the console, what they uh, suggested was, like, for the first two weeks, like, definitely be with people mm-hmm. like, that can help, you know. Move, cook, yeah, move cook, around, yeah. clean up your cat box, like, help yeah. you out of bed, like, get you to the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's it's definitely, I mean, think about all the, everything that you're losing. Yeah. Like, everything that's getting taken out of your body, like, that's got to be painful. Mm-hmm. And then the second type of surgery is called periareola. This is only... <laughs> I'm such an asshole. I literally wrote only good for skinny bitches in my notes. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what happens here is they make a small incision to remove the excess breast tissue. So instead of taking out like that whole section of skin, they just make an incision and they take out the breast tissue. And why I wrote only good for skinny bitches is because it's usually really only good for people with small breasts and no excess skin and a nipple position that doesn't need major modification. So like I said, the main focuses of the bilateral mastectomy was that we're, we're removing excess breast tissue, we're removing excess skin, and we're replacing the nipple elsewhere. So this is a lot less invasive, but most people aren't candidates for this because they do have larger breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just like a little bit of excess breast tissue that needs to be removed. It's like skin mm-hmm. and like nipples need to be replaced. So this isn't as common. The bilateral mastectomy is definitely the most common type of top surgery that is out there. So that's what top surgery is. Now, after top surgery, I know that you're still probably focused on top surgery because mm-hmm. that's, I mean, you would just cancel an appointment. So you're still thinking about it or you're thinking about getting another surgeon um do you stuff do you definitely still want to do top surgery definitely okay so that's gonna happen you just need to find a new surgeon and you need to make sure you have more time to learn about what it is and make Mm -hmm. sure you're more more comfortable and ready for it yes okay so after top surgery and i just want to state before i even this question comes out of my mouth do not ask people this question. Yeah. And the only reason I am asking Kiko this question right now is because I said to him, I'm going to be asking you a ton of personal questions and it's just for education. But if you are not close with an individual, do not ask this question. Disclaimer. <laughs> so after top surgery, mm-hmm. do you have any intention on getting bottom surgery? So probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, I I personally am comfortable with my junk. Like I like my junk um, as I refer to it. I think it's, I, I mean, some people are not. Uh, I just am. So I haven't really thought much about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've looked sort of into it. Mm-hmm. Not really. Um, 
I don't think I want it, no. No. And that's, like, totally fine. I mean, again, it's, like, your body. You can do whatever you want mm-hmm. with it. Like, it, it's about what you're comfortable with. And if you like your junk, then you like your junk. You know, you there's no there's no rule book that says, like, if you start hormones, you have to get top surgery. And if you get top Ex- surgery, exactly. you have to get bottom surgery. Like, oh, there's, yeah. no, mm-hmm. there's no rule book. There's no manuscript. Like, you can do this however you want to do this. Oh, yeah. And you can be trans and, and, you know, again, gender identity and gender expression are so different than, yeah. like, you know, you can you don't even have to take hormones to be trans. Yeah, you, know? you like, can be trans and not even bind your chest. Exactly. You can be trans if you want to be trans and you don't have to do anything physically to your body to be a trans person. Oh yeah. Absolutely. It's mental. Absolutely. I mean yeah. it can be physical, but that's totally up to you. I mean, ultimately you don't have to do anything physically to your appearance to be trans. Right. And that bars. 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 Letter for the people in the back. Uh, <laughs> um, trans is not physical. It doesn't have to be physical. Right, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I looked to you right now and I said, Kiko, I'm a trans man. I would say, all right, what are your pronouns? Right, that's it. You accept it, and right. that's that. Not, are you going to get bottom surgery? Are you going to start right. hormones? Are you going to bind your chest? I can see your tits. Why can I see your tits? Why is your hair 24 inches long? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It no. does not matter. It does not matter. You do not have to do anything to yourself physically to be trans. And my cis people, if someone comes to you and tells you that they are trans, I need you to be accepting. Mm. <laughs> and I say that with such force because if someone is coming to you and saying, hey, I am a trans man, I am a trans woman, I am non-binary, the amount of courage that takes to mm-hmm. come out to someone oh, yeah. is immense. So if you come back to them and you start asking a ton of questions, you start being judgmental, like you're going to turn them off and that is going to make them feel more isolated. And we do not want our trans brothers and sisters to feel isolated. Right. Because isolation leads to miseducation, which Mm -hmm. leads to unhealthy practices, which leads to possibly mental health and addiction issues. It's just like it's ongoing and it snowballs. Absolutely. We need our trans brothers and sisters to feel comfortable coming to us, cisgendered people, and having these discussions. Yeah. Normalize it. That's just at the bottom line. And I think, too, there's like there's great there's so many resources for cis folks. Like uh the one in particular I've like hand or texted to people, screenshotted and texted is like, excuse me, the gender unicorn. Mm-hmm. It basically breaks up gender identity, gender expression, sexuality, sex, uh, in such a, like we uh, I volunteer for an organization called Lehigh Valley Girls Rock. Shout out! Um, they um, they use this at the beginning of their camps every year, mm-hmm. um, like to help the kiddos understand. You know, damn. It, so like, if, you That's know, amazing. a young kid can understand, and I think you know, an yeah, adult can understand. And the and the best thing for us cisgendered people to do is to educate ourselves Mm -hmm. on these topics so that we don't say anything ignorant and that is the point of why me and Kiko are having this Mm -hmm. conversation Mm -hmm. right now we want to provide a roadmap so that you can have these conversations so that you can figure out how to educate yourself so that these interactions are always positive. Yes. We yeah. want positive interactions and that is the purpose of this podcast. I'm not sitting here 
saying that I know everything because I definitely mm. don't. I don't know everything. <laughs> right. Kiko doesn't know everything. But the best thing that we can do is educate ourselves. And, you know, if we have questions, go online. I mean, that's oh, your yeah, first Google. line of defense always. Yeah. And then if you are lucky enough to have trans friends like I do, and especially trans friends who are so open and honest and willing to have this discussion with me like Kiko, you know, go to them and be like, hey, I would really love to learn more about this. It's all about the intention and it's all about the way that you approach it. If you're going because you're just curious and like you want to know, like that's not a good reason. Mm-hmm. But if you're going because you care and you want to become a better ally to the trans community, that's a good reason. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have, I mean, one, you have to be close with the people you're going up to. Mm-hmm. Two, I would definitely preface it and be like, hey, I really want to learn more about this. Like, can I ask you some questions or do you have any resources for me? Yes. Give oh, them yeah. the option. Be like, can I ask you questions? If not, I would love to see some resources. Do you have any for me? Yeah, there's a great action. I want to look this up real quick because I think this is really, really important. This is honestly where you're going to want to go first. This is a gender 101. This was a free trans competency training put on Say Ten, put on by Say Ten Studios. How do you spell um, that? So it is like S-A-Y-T-E-N. Studios. Studios. The folks that put this on, uh, just amazing mm-hmm. work. And the fact that this is free. Right. I mean, I, I, there are donations. You know, if you can send your donations to the information in the YouTube. So is um, this on YouTube? This is on YouTube. And okay. I'll send this to you so you okay. can. Um, yeah, I'll link this as well. This was great. This is actually with Barry Tyler Moore. And they're a great performer activist. Just overall amazing person. Right. Um, out of Philly. And this was like, when I was first started taking hormones and... um got some of these questions because this came out in august mm-hmm. i was like pointing right to this right you know so and trans folks you know we don't always have to feel comfortable answering questions you yeah know? I, I point to google a lot right you know? just because somebody is trans doesn't mean it is their obligation to educate you exactly in fact it's not it's in my not no it's just like it's not my obligation to educate a man on what a clit looks like mm. or where it is you know Bars. what i mean um so guys go figure the fuck out um <laughs> <laughs> i'm dead uh t- different topic but so yeah educate yourself that's the point we're trying to make sorry we got on, off on a little tangent but i'm going to define what bottom surgery is for you guys now so bottom surgery is actually very extensive and it is very complex and there are multiple types of bottom surgeries for each male to female female to male so i am going to do a basic outline of what these are however I could do an entire episode on bottom surgery. So again, sources in the description, go read. These are really amazing and thorough descriptions. So for a trans woman, there is vaginoplasty. So there's multiple different types. I found five different types. So the first one, penile inversion. And I'm just going to read word from word what I got from Healthline. So penile inversion involves using the penile skin to form the neo-vagina. The labia majora and menorah are primarily made from scrotal tissue. This results in a sensate vagina and labia. So if you don't know what those words are, I will also link a picture of a vagina so that you understand which each of those parts are are because I'm men I'm sure you don't know what a labia majora and menorah is um so one main drawback 
of that is the lack of self-lubrication. So if you think about it, it's the scrotal tissue making up the vagina and scrotal tissue is not is not a mucosal membrane. So it's not going to get lubricated on its own. So of course you can, you know, make your own lubrication, but a lot of times why people like what people want out of a vagina is the lubrication. I mean, we talk about WAP all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Wet ass pussy. It's like you're walking around. It's like a badge of honor. So this isn't very popular because it's not self-lubricating. But there are a few ways to get semi-lubricated and they discuss it in the Healthline article. The next one is a rectazimoid or colon graft. <laughs> so your colon, so where the poop goes, rectazygmoid vaginoplasty involves the use of the intestinal tissues to form the vaginal wall. This technique is sometimes used in conjunction with penile inversion. Intestinal tissue helps when penile and scrotal tissues are scarce. This method is often used for transgender women who began hormone therapy at puberty and were never exposed to testosterone. Intestinal tissue has the added benefit of being mucosal and therefore self-lubricating. So that's the second type. And now, so I kind of got into those ones like really in depth, but these ones are just, I just have kind of defined. So non-penile inversion vaginoplasty. This method uses perforated scrotal tissue graft for the vaginal lining and intact scrotal tissue for the labia majora, the same as the penile inversion. The penile tissue is used for the labia minora and clitoral hood. Buccal mucosal vaginoplasty uses the tissue lining of the mouth. So again, your your mouth is the most similar to the inside of the vagina because it's a mucosal membrane. It self-lubricates. The problem with this is obviously you don't have a ton of tissue in your mouth. So it's, you know, you're, you can be really limited. A vaginoplasty lines the vagina with a skin graft. That skin graft is placed on a vaginal mold and then placed into the space that has been opened to become the vagina. So you have to wear the mold for a while and because it's not self-lubricating, it has the it has the potential to close. So you're going to either have to have a fuck ton of sex all the time or you're going to have to have the mold inside of you for a lot of the time even after it's healed just so it doesn't close up. Mm. And the peritoneal vaginoplasty uses the lining of the abdominal cavity, the peritoneum, to create the vagina. So again, that's like your intestines. So as you guys can see, making a vagina is no easy task. And um, again, this is just the vagina. So this isn't like a uterus. This isn't Mm. a cervix. Like Mm. this doesn't give you the option to have babies. Like this is primarily for sex. So you won't have a period. It's something like that. I haven't read anything about like a uterus transplant. I'm not sure if that's something that we have come up with yet. I'm sure it'll be in the future because modern medicine rocks. But, you know, this is this is just for the vagina. And for those of you who don't know, the vagina, it goes the vagina, the cervix, and then the uterus. And the uterus is where the baby goes. And the cervix is what opens when the baby comes out. And then the vagina is where the penis goes. Or the dildo. Or the fingers. Or whatever goes in there. You know mm. what I'm saying? I sure do. <laughs> okay. So that <laughs> is vaginoplasty. Now we have phalloplasty or metoidioplasty. I will never be able to say that word. There's too many I's and O's. 
So this is for trans men. So the metoidioplasty is the creation of a phallus or a penis from the hormonally enlarged clitoris. So the clitoris naturally enlarges when a person begins to take testosterone. I read that it can enlarge anywhere between 5 to 7 centimeters or 6 to 8 centimeters, which is pretty long. During metoidioplasty, the clitoral ligaments are detached, which allows the clitoris to lengthen and drop into a position similar to that of a natal phallus. So pretty much what happens is everything that's holding onto the clit, it makes it small, lets it go, and then it elongates and it is in the same position that a penis is in already. Metoidioplasty can be done either with or without urethral lengthening procedures. Urethral lengthening extends the urethra, which is what you pee out of, along the new phallus. Then one is able to urinate from their phallus. Oh my god. The things I would do if I was able to stand up and pee. That's exciting. I'm actually like interested now. That sounds like <laughs> the dream, being yeah. able to stand up and pee. Yeah, it makes bathrooms less stressful oh for me. Oh my god. Can you imagine? <laughs> I would literally whip my dick out and pee everywhere. I mean, like within reason. <laughs> within reason, I wouldn't go near a school because obviously that would put me in the sex offender list and I don't want that. However, if I had a dick, the places I would pee. It just sounds like it's so much easier. All you got to do is like unzip your pants, whip it out, go in the urinal, leave. But it's like with women, we got to like, oh my God, and even forget about it. If we're wearing like a bodysuit, you got to take off the whole bodysuit. You got to sit your ass down on the dirty toilet. You got to make sure there's paper towels under you so you're not getting anything on your butt. Like it is such a mess. My life would be so much easier if I had a penis. And I, I agree for me is like, I, I like uh, try public restrooms with me I'm like I go to the men's room and I'm like because I'm past the point where I can go to a women's room yeah it's a whole process I just don't make eye contact it's great the masks help though yeah definitely do they do men's restrooms I feel really stupid for asking mm. this do men's restrooms always have like a sit-down stall or is it sometimes only urinals my experience has been always a sit-down stall okay but I'm still learning. Okay. <laughs> so, because that would be my fear is to be like, I would go in there, I'd be like, let's go pee. And then there would only be. They actually else. make um, devices that help trans folks stand up and pee. What? Yeah. I forget what they're called, but. Oh my God. I think I'm going to get one. Do it. Fuck it. Honestly. Fuck it. I mean, I know that they have those like little like plastic things or like I think you can just like put it all in there. Is, but like, yeah. I feel like you would have to like maneuver that like into your pants. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like a, it's like a whole thing. It would still be a whole process. Yeah. Like, we wouldn't get rid of the process. We should try to come up with something. We should try to come up with something. If there's not I can stand up and piss. That would be, like, my life would be, like, enhanced, like, tenfold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my life, like, I would have so many more seconds of my life, like, yeah. on my hands. So, however, urethral, urethral lengthening does increase the risk of surgical complications. These complications can include dribbling or spraying during urination, Urinary blockages, which just don't mm. sound fun, no. or a fistula, a leak or rupture of the lengthened urethra. That doesn't sound really fun that either. Sound fun. Being able to stand to urinate is a major reason that transmasculine people choose to undergo the genital surgery. I agree. I would agree too. I've I literally sat here and I was like, do I undergo a surgery 
to be able to do that. I thought about it for a second. Oh wow! I mean, I, I mean, I would need to take <laughs> testosterone to lengthen my clip, but um, yeah, I don't think I'd be willing to do that. But it sounds really nice in theory. It does. It does. And it sounds really nice in theory. Yeah. So now we're on to phalloplasty. Phalloplasty is the construction of a neophallus or a reconstruction of a penis. This procedure is used to create a penis in gender confirmation surgery, obviously. Phalloplasty requires multiple surgeries to complete the process and can result in numerous complications, Mm -hmm. although most of them are relatively minor and fixable. The surgery has decreased in frequency in favor of metoidoplasty, which is a more recently developed procedure. So phalloplasty is an option. Um, The good thing about these is that they're usually minor and fixable. There's multiple surgeries that are needed. For the metoidoplasty, there is one surgery generally it's just like one and done i think there are surgeries where you can add balls i do not know for sure i did not get that far in my research i figured this is going to be a lot of information but there may or may not be a surgery where you can add testicles Hmm. i don't know yeah i don't know or at least testicle implants Mm -hmm. i think is what i read like maybe not functional testicles Mm -hmm. but testicle implants you can get the cosmetic appearance of testicles interesting yeah isn't that crazy? That is crazy. You know what? Modern medicine's the shit. Yeah, and like they're working hard to help trans folks. I just I, I appreciate that. They're really working hard to to help trans folks. Yeah. And so again, about the insurance, I've read that some states, like New York and California, have trans health in their insurance, and these bottom surgeries will be covered hmm. in insurance. I'm not sure if private insurance will do that. I'm not actually really sure how insurance works. Me either. I, I just got off my mom's insurance. I just turned 20 seconds and I just got my own. And I was like, mom, you need to pick which one I'm getting. And I get it through work and I have no idea how it works. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's confusing. It shouldn't be, but it is. Insurance is really confusing. So I know that in some states, state insurance will pay for bottom surgery. And then there's some employers that have like this this thing that is focused on trans health and they include it in their package Mm. you can consult with insurance companies you can consult with doctors these people are professionals and understand this a lot better than i do next thing i want to kind of touch upon is i've heard stories in the past of men that i have been with that have said that they had been with trans women and what worries me is that there has been like massive amounts of like abuse like towards trans people especially trans women who have not had bottom surgery who have gone gone into these relationships like as their woman selves and then their bottom like their bottom half does not reflect that and they have been assaulted they have been abused there is like a huge issue with that and they're just not accepted because of you know that part of their body and that makes me really sad and like you know I have I have met men who were like yeah I met this woman and I thought she was really beautiful and you know she told me that she was trans and we did our thing and you know it wasn't weird at all for me I just feel like it's really important to talk about the violence that goes on towards the trans community yeah particularly the black trans community right black black trans folks are yeah so yesterday was Trans Day of Remembrance, and yeah, I mean, I I followed this account on Instagram, um, uh, and they had posted about 
how like a bunch of white trans influencers are getting all this clout or whatever for like trans day of remembrance and it's like it's black trans folks that are being murdered and like mm-hmm. that's why i mentioned like paying reparations like you know like you know pay up you know do what we can to protect our, our black trans family because they're being you know they're being murdered and like right. that's sick yeah it's when terrible. it comes down to it like everybody should have the opportunity to be themselves absolutely like that's all it is it's like I just, it doesn't need to be any deeper than that. It's like everybody should have the opportunity to, pre- to present themselves how they wish to present themselves. If I want to be a blonde, I should be able to be a blonde without getting murdered for it. You know what I mean? And that's how I see it. It's just, it's dumbfounding to me that, you know, just because this is, it's not a new concept, but just because this is a concept that's, you know, being more widely discussed, like people are experiencing discrimination, they're experiencing, they're experiencing like all sorts of violent acts just because they want to be themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that, you know, when like as a cis person, like I need to be an ally to you guys. And like, you know, if you are a cis individual and you are coming into contact with a trans human being, like, please treat them like a human being, Right. you know, show them decency because yeah. that's what they are. They just want to be comfortable with themselves. Yeah. And I totally respect if people don't want to be with me because of the person I am. But if people don't want to be with me because I'm trans, unfortunately, that is transphobic. Right. You know, that that's fear of a trans person. Yeah. Yeah. What were you just saying? I'm so sorry. That's I okay. wanted to make that a point to say that. Yeah. So, so to you, what is transphobic? Like, can you define that? For yeah. Me? I mean, I mean, f- what? Well, what? fear yeah. of trans people right. would be like the technical like term for it. But like, can you describe to me like what some transphobic acts are? Oh yeah, absolutely. Some right off the bat, misgendering. Mm-hmm. If so, like last night I was somewhere and someone said I picked her up, and I'm like. I mean, now you kind of just look like a fucking asshole because yeah. I have a mustache yeah. and my voice is deep. I dress very right. stereotypically masculine. You look like a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, intentionally, obviously, I mean, it's it's one thing if you make a mistake and, mm-hmm. and misgender someone or, you know, call them by the wrong pronoun, which right. is misgendering. Um, and then correct yourself. Right. Say you're sorry and move forward with the conversation. Right. Like I know that there was, yeah. a, there was a conversation we had the other day and I was like, Kiko – you sound like a man and you were like I am a man and I was like fuck you're right I'm so sorry like that is not what I meant like to me you are a man and like I misspoke and like you have to be able to like be big enough to like go back and be like I'm really sorry like I didn't mean it like that like that was not my intention like my apologies what if someone were to say to you like um like, oh, he's wearing a blue sweatsuit. I'd be like, are you Is drunk? It, doesn't that make your stomach, like, drop? Yeah, I'd be like, are yeah. you drunk? Are you high? Yeah. Do I look like a man to you? Like, right. I have a 24-inch weave in my head, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I, I would get seriously offended. Yeah, and that's... 100%. Yeah, and the, I think the most important part about apologizing to a trans person or anyone for misgendering them is to say you're sorry and move on. Right. Because if you, if you harp on it, it right. makes it about you. Right. You know, that's been my experience. Like, if I, you know... I remember, like, before I even ever even identified as non-binary or transgender, I misgendered someone on multiple occasions, not on purpose. But I remember I harped on it, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm so – like, I messaged them on Facebook. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I misgendered you. And I made it about me, which Mm -hmm. caused more harm. Right. You know, because then it's like the person's thinking, like, oh, wow, like – Right. 
It's not about human. It's not about you. It's like, yes. You know, we yeah. make it, we make mistakes, and like it's important to like say like, hey, I made this mistake, but then move on from it. I mean, this happened like what two weeks ago, right? And, and like, yeah. and now we're sitting here talking about it, and not because like I want to harp on it, but because I want to bring up a point right. that like you know it is important to like recognize your mistakes. Like people misspeak. I'm not saying like that's an excuse, and I'm going to do it. Like I am going to do everything in my power not to allow that to happen again. No, and, and you because, that's that's the thing you've corrected the behavior, right? And it's yeah. like we're friends, and like right. you know. You can still offend your friends, but it's just, like, you need to make sure that you own up to that because ultimately, like, you're hurting someone's feelings. And yeah. Like, that's, what, like, getting down to it, like, you're hurting someone's feelings. And yeah. And, like, that's not right. And I think about, like, the young, like, middle school tra- uh, trans folks or, like, the high school, particularly the high school trans folks because high school is a living hell. But I think about <laughs> those kids a lot because, like, I mean, I don't know anyone in particular really that's trans at that age. I mean, I'm 27. I don't really have high school pals but like <laughs> um i think about like i remember one time my friend's girlfriend said um like misgendering someone uh, particularly that young like that can be a matter of life and death right like yeah, i'm in it's been that's a fact mm-hmm. i'm not just like pulling that out of my yeah. ass like that's a fact yeah i've seen so many stories where like there's like a six seventy nine year old kid and they're like they're like ready to like commit suicide mm. because like they want to be a male or a female and everyone's dressing them and calling them the opposite gender of what right. they're saying that they want. And like then all of a sudden like the parents like allow them to like explore that. And like as soon as they are they have like the space to become the person they want to be, they're happy. Mm. They're like happy kids and like yeah. they know who they are. And like, you know, like this isn't like just some like fad. This isn't like a phase. You know exactly. what I mean? And like that's what a lot of people see it as. They see it as a fad. They see it as a phase. And like neither of those things are true. Like we need to give like our children and like our brothers and sisters like the opportunity to thrive into the people they want to become because yep. ultimately like we could really be stunting and harming their mental health. Absolutely. Yeah, like when I came out to my mom and let her know I was uh, taking hormones, um, my mom was like, you're not going to hurt yourself, are you? And my parents, again, are not very supportive at all. And I said, uh, in this aspect of my life, and I said, um, mom, you know why a lot of trans folks hurt themselves or commit suicide? And she said, why? I said, because they don't have family support. And I was like, that was bars. Oof. Fuck off. Oof. Like, yeah, I, I felt mean, that in my soul. Yeah. I think like um, being trans has taught me how to be more assertive, more empathetic mm-hmm. um, because I kind of have to be. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. not empathetic. I mean, I've always been an empathetic person. But like, you know, being more assertive, like I used to never correct people when they misgender me and it started to weigh on me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, other things we're talking about, other transphobic acts. I mean, obviously using slurs, which I will not say google that one you know (laughs) what are you know um any obviously acts of violence just like you know yeah any act of violence yeah and like towards a transgender person is transphobic yeah i mean and i think too like like the questions i mean like the i mean with friends i think it is a lot more about intention than impact but like i had someone i'm not very close to ask me if i was getting bottom surgery and i was like bro i do not know you this is the first time we were hanging out right like uh, that to me is transphobic because right. it's like, what, what are your motives? Right. You know, do you actually are do you actually care? Are you just really curious? Right. Yeah. And like ultimately, I feel like again that would be somebody coming up to me and like asking me a question about my private parts. Like, oh, right. are you gonna are you gonna get your clip pierced? Like, right. What the fuck is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah. Like, we're not. Why are you asking yeah. me this question? That's inappropriate. It's like ultimately, like you have to remember what's inappropriate and what's not. And just because somebody's trans doesn't mean that like you can 
say or do whatever you want like there's still a level of a appropriation that like you need to like yeah follow i think and it's like not like it's like we were talking about zoos earlier it's kind of funny it's not like we're in like a zoo right you know it's not like we're oh here's kiko he him pronouns like oh oh, yeah i mean because like i mean when i think about my journey like if i felt caged for 26 years 27 years and it's like you know i'm finally able to take you know my my hormones and i'm getting top surgery and like yeah it's gonna affirm my gender but like I it's affirming your gender for you exactly yeah and it's like you know when people ask certain questions they're like this is it when people ask questions but they're not open-minded and they want to hear what they want to hear and they don't want right my answer they want to hear what they want to hear that's when it's like your motives are in the wrong place correct yeah I mean I think a lot of it does come down to mindfulness like people don't want people are like so against calling people under other genders because they don't want to be more mindful of somebody else's feelings yeah. and emotions and like who they are as a person like i feel like a lot of it is just like selfish and like selfish. towards another it's, human yeah yeah it's like yeah oh i i saw this meme recently and i thought it was so relevant and hilarious it was like or maybe it was a tiktok or something but it was like someone you know you misgender someone's dog and you correct yourself and move on right away Right. But then you misgender a human being. I mean, dogs are great. Don't get me wrong. But you misgender a human being and it's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, right. You know, I, what, what are your pronouns? Like, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. It's like, dude, just fucking do it then. Do right. better. Chill. You know? Like, chill. Yeah. 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 And a lot of it is just, like, respect. Like, have respect for your fellow humans. You know what I mean? That's yeah. it. Like, it doesn't have to be any more or any less. Like, I don't feel like I have a right to tell you what to do with your body, what how you want to be introduced Mm -hmm. like what you want to be called like you know if i suddenly wanted to change my name from like brooke to bill like call me fucking bill like it's my goddamn name right you know what i mean like i don't understand why people think that they have such a say in what other people do with like themselves yeah it's 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 interesting about the name thing too like i I have so many fucking microaggressions with that. Right. Like I was in a woman a woman's exchange actually. I was buying it's like a thrift shop in Westchester, mm-hmm. and I went to buy something and they asked me what my name was because I was just making small talk. But I'm thinking back like every single day has like a moment in it that's right. like borderline like annoying or mm-hmm. like very annoying. But anyway, they were like, "Oh, Kiko, is that your real name?" And I'm just like, "Oh, here we fucking go." Oh, here we fucking and go. I I want I don't s- even know your birth name. Yeah, straight up, I don't know your birth name. I never cared to ask because guess what? You said my name is Kiko, and I said, "All right, your name is Kiko." Yeah, take that shit at face value. Right, right. Take it at face value. Yeah, <laughs> it's like for for cisgender folks, it's like just because you might not understand it, right? Or like maybe you don't need to understand it. Maybe you just need to believe, right? And like go with the flow, right? You know, it's like right. I'm asking for what I need, and right. Like, it's not that hard. It's really not. Right. You know, how many times have you met someone named Richard and you call him Dick? Like, give me a break. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not I, even similar. Right. <laughs> I would never call somebody Dick. Like, I just wouldn't. Yeah, but ultimately, like, you know, with something you said, it's like, you know, sometimes you don't need to, like, understand, like, you just need to go with it. And, like, I feel like there's definitely that balance. I mean, like, we are making this podcast so that – we can begin to educate yeah, on yeah. like in like a respectful way right. at like a respectful pace in a respectful manner like mm-hmm. you know ultimately like it needs to just come back to respect yeah like respect your fellow human it's, it's a touchy subject and like it's because it's a touchy subject because you know people are so discriminated against before mm-hmm. because of it because yeah. people 
experience like all of these like violent and like rude comments and acts just because like tran- the trans community wants to become themselves right and it's like aren't we all on that journey anyway like we're all just trying to figure out who the fuck we are yeah we're all just you trying know? to figure out who the fuck we are i mean Still i'm 26 i have no idea who i am <laughs> you know what i mean i'm, I'm on hormones and things <laughs> and i know who i am in my the aspect of my gender but right. like Everything else, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I you know. know. I'm like, what who? What do I want to be when I grow yeah. up? Like, I'm still asking myself that question. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, we got a lot of our own shit to figure out. So if you're so concerned about, like, somebody else, like, maybe you should, like, take a step back and, like, figure out what you're doing. A lot of yeah. the time, I just feel like people just don't want to pay attention to themselves. And, like, they're just taking it out on somebody else. I want to go back to something that we started to touch upon mm-hmm. that is so big within the trans community. That's mental health. Yeah. I want to hear about your mental health journey with it so that like cis people can be aware that like this is a very this is a very sensitive thing for a lot of people in the trans community. Like you don't just suddenly come out as trans and like feel OK. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's definitely relieving. In my experience, it was like, oh, I can sigh a breath mm-hmm. of relief like. Um, a breathe a sigh of relief. Oh god. Okay, a breath um, of relief, a sigh of sigh, a sigh of sigh. Um, <laughs> some along those lines. <laughs> no, but um, in all seriousness, I think like, I mean, in my experience, like mental health, like I've always struggled with it, and I think a lot of that was because I was leading this double life for so long. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like I was dead name with my parents and my family, and I'm Kiko with everybody else, mm-hmm. and when I nipped that in the bud like uh last november i felt a lot more free felt a lot more independent uh and i think a lot of that is because i have such a strong support network outside of my family mm-hmm. i when i think about this i think about like i mean I, this is so stereotypical but like mm-hmm. imagine like a trans person in a small town in the midwest mm-hmm. and i'm like how the fuck yeah. are you going to do this? And honestly, online support has been huge. I mean, it sounds goofy, but TikTok, like relatable trans mm-hmm. TikToks, mm-hmm. like that's like for a lot of younger folks, I feel like probably really helpful. I mean, they make me chuckle and I'm like, oh, it's so relatable. Let me comment. Like, yeah. um, there's also a lot of groups on Facebook I've been mm-hmm. a part of. Um, and you just search like FTM or trans support, gender nonconforming support and very active groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and right now in a time of quarantine and oh, a time yeah. of a, an, an entire, you know, whole ass pandemic, like, mm-hmm. um, like there's a lot of support out there. And in my experience, I really wanted my family to just be like, hell yeah, mm-hmm. but they weren't. Mm-hmm. So I had to, I really just had to seek support elsewhere and mm-hmm. there, it is there, but, and I, I understand that my privilege has been mm-hmm. that I inherently have friends that right. respect me right. and, and root for me. Right. And some people don't have that. A lot and of people so don't have that. I'm so fucking glad I can be on your side. You yeah. Know it's mean? fun. <laughs> um, so did you ever have, did you ever battle with like suicidal thoughts? Absolutely. Due to this? Abs- um, I don't know. I probably do to this, like, mm-hmm. I'm more related to my sexuality than my gender. Okay. Um, I grew up Catholic, Roman Catholic, went right. to Catholic school. That was a hell of a nightmare. But, um, like, when I, when I started, you know, falling for women, it was like, this is a sin. I'm going to hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, my journey with sexuality, you know, coming into my own in that area was then mm-hmm. like, oh, like, I, I don't have to, I don't want to say make the same mistakes, but I don't have to 
you know, put myself or, or get myself into situations where I'm not going to be accepted. Right. Or I'm not going to be. And again, that is a, a privilege too, right. you know? Like mm-hmm. some people, they can't fucking avoid that. Yeah. You know, some people's neighborhoods or whatever aren't. Yeah. You know, I live in a college town. I, right. Do I walk around and, you know, I don't want to say look over my shoulder, but do I walk around and. Fear for your life. I wouldn't say fear for my life. Right. Because I, I, I present very cisgender male. Right. But I would say like. I'm always like, like, is someone noticing that I'm trans? Right. Like, or someone noticing it's that. It's always like in the back of your head. Yeah. It's like, are they noticing? Are they going to say something? Right. Are they going to. So you kind of went to, through like two almost like spiritual awakenings. Like yeah. one with your gen- or one with your sexuality and then with your gender. Totally. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So that you've, you've grown a lot. In it's your, crazy. In your short 27 years. And now I'm just a straight man. And, and now just you're like, just a fuck, straight dude. man. You've gone fuck. through the whole spectrum. Oh my God. <laughs> it's true. You've literally gone through the whole spectrum. And like that must be tough. I mean like the labeling alone. Like, yeah. Like I remember like kind of like you said, like I always kind of knew that like I liked women a mm-hmm. little bit, but I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. And, like, I wasn't really ready to label myself for, like, a long time because I was, like, am I bi? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't really know how that feels because, like, I like dudes more. And then my Mm -hmm. one friend was, like, Brooke, you're heteroflexible. And, like, after that, it was Kara. And she was, like, like, Brooke, you're heteroflexible. And I was, like, that's what I am. You know what I mean? And it, like, it was, like, a whole, like, bunch of years where, like, I didn't want to label myself. And, like, now I, like, make jokes about, like, liking women. And I don't know if my family thinks I'm kidding or not. <laughs> I mean, like, they're supportive of me no matter yeah. what. But, like, you know, but now I can, like, say, like, oh, okay, like, I'm heteroflexible. But it took me re- really a long time to, like, get to, to that point where I was, like, oh, this is my sexuality. Yeah. I feel like that brings up a good point, Um, the het- heteroflexible thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, people are, like, some people might say that or I have heard people say that like, well, like trans is like just a new fad. Like you had mentioned that earlier. Right. Like people being like, it's just a phase or oh, whatever. Yeah. And but here's the thing, right? We're just getting the language for all right. this stuff. Like a simple right. again, a simple Google search can confirm. Do you know how long it took me to figure out what a cis person meant? Do you know how long that took me? How long? Weeks. Oh Lord. at least. I kept hearing like, oh, you're like not me, but like I heard like, oh, and cis and trans and I was like, what? And I was like, so many words and like, I'm not, like, an uneducated person. No, yeah, You know yeah. what I mean? But it's, like, I want to make sure, like, if I'm hearing the language and using the language, I'm using it correctly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess it would just be, like, cis is the opposite of trans. But, you know? I, yeah. I'm the gender that I that I Yeah, am. yeah. Yeah. And that's just what it means. Yeah. So if someone's, like, you're cisgendered, it just means you're the gender that you are. Yeah. 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 Or gender you're born in. Gender you're born in. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, like, I remember, like, a lot of people were like, oh, bisexuality is, like, a fad. You're not actually, like, bisexuality. And, like, I'm like, how are you going to tell someone that? You know? Like, how are you going to tell someone what they are? And, like, also, like, it's a journey. Like, you don't Mm -hmm. have to, like, stay as one, like, sexuality or gender. Like, you can fucking change. Like, like I said, you went through the whole thing. Were you ever, like, first on bi and then you were, like, I'm a lesbian? I was in denial about uh, me personally. In my mm-hmm. experience, I, I came out as bi because I was scared of what people okay. would say. So you did come out as bi first, yeah, and then you came out as a lesbian, yeah. and now you're a straight man. Right, 
But and I always knew my truth, though. right? Mm-hmm. And I always knew my truth, and I right. hate to use the bi and the lesbian community as that, but like, right? You know, I don't want to make it seem like that stuff's fake or no, it's a, not, not a at stepping all. stone or anything mm-hmm. like that. But that's just my experience. No, it's just what I'm just trying to point out is that like it is a journey, absolutely. And you do not have to if you label yourself as one thing. You can absolutely change. You can change it the next you day. You can change it as much as you want. Absolutely. Like you don't ever have to feel like you're stuck because you have said something about yourself um, and people are going to judge you. I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter about what other people think. It's like, it's who you are and that's for you. It's not for anyone else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, so you mentioned that you were in recovery. Mm-hmm. Do you mind touching upon that? Sure. Yeah. Do you think that that contributed to... Being in recovery was a factor of your, I don't want to say identity crisis. No, no. I feel what you're saying, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that you are in recovery now because you were having this, like, journey that was, like, so painful for you? I don't don't have an answer for that question. But what I can tell you Mm -hmm. is that being in recovery Mm -hmm. and being, having clarity and space in my brain, Mm -hmm. um, and in my heart, really, to like, and and have opportunities to to explore this stuff mm-hmm. has these journeys. I've talked about this before with someone. Someone did like a thesis project on me for this, but I don't even know. There's a I, whole I, thesis project on Kiko. Look it up. Oh, God. <laughs> we'll I, give you the link. It's in my email somewhere. <laughs> Kiko has a thesis on them, particularly. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's. <laughs> but I I was talking with my friend. It's actually my friend Claudia did it. Right. And she, she was asking me these questions, and mm-hmm. I and she asked me a very similar question. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the two journeys have aligned. Right. A hundred percent. Because it's all about growth. It's all about finding out. You know, and my goal in life is to be as as peaceful and content within myself as I can. Right. And to help other people. And I think you know by sitting here today with you. Like I'm doing that, right? You know, mm-hmm. so um, I can tell you that I can't tell you what you know made me someone that used drinking and drugging to, you know, some some oh. might say it's an allergy of the, the mind and body, but um, some might not say that. Um, some might say it's an allergy. Some might say it's coping. Some might say it's both. <laughs> yeah, um, but I would say. You know, over, it's like, you know, people would say a lot, like, you're so resilient. And I'm like, I used to hate that. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck you. I don't want to be resilient because mm-hmm. that means I fall down all the time. Right. But don't we all? Right. Don't we all stumble, you know? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I feel like we do. Even if it's, like, well covered up. I know y'all all have fallen at least once. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really powerful. And, like, I, like I said, I've known you for a year and I've seen, like, part of your journey and, like, I love you and I think you're a fantastic human and like, you know, like, you know, you are trans and you are in recovery, but you are still Kiko. And like, you know, when I call you, it's because I need Kiko. You know mm, what I mean? That and was like, bars. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you these are things that like you identify as it ultimately like you are just Kiko mm-hmm. and like that's just under yeah. the umbrella. And like, I think you're fucking fantastic no matter what. Like you can do whatever you want. And I think you're still going to be the same person to me. And, like, I love you and I'm super proud of you. And, like, I'm super, like, honored to be sitting here with you, like, having this open-minded conversation. Yeah, I just want to be, you know, I just want to say, like, thank you for having me on. Like, this was, I mean, again, like, I, I just want, you know, it's it's all personal experience. It's all, I'm, I'm not a spokesperson, but um, I think some of the, you know, the things we, all of the things we really talked about today were beneficial for me as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always good to, you know, reflect on, you know, the gratitude of being a trans person or, mm-hmm. 
you know, not, you know, because I feel like a lot of stuff is like focused on the pain of that, but right. I'm privileged, you know, and I, I'm privileged enough that I can. Right. But, and I'm just here yeah. to provide a platform to help normalize and educate this experience on this experience for you and the other trans community so that maybe it hopefully it makes it a little easier. Yeah. You know, yeah. for you and for cis folk, just so that, you know, we can start having these conversations in a respectful way and we can start understanding each other a little bit better and, you know, show up in a manner that's appropriate. Absolutely. Like that's the whole point of this whole thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so for those of you who don't know, because I know our, a lot of our friends are going to be listening to this podcast, but for those of you who don't know, Kiko is also a fantastic DJ. So if you need <laughs> Kiko for any of your quarantine parties or non-quarantine parties after we're done with the quarantine, Kiko is available. I am going to put your Instagram. I'm going to tag you on our Instagram so that people can find you. People can contact you about DJing or um, you know, if you have any questions for Kiko that are appropriate, if you are in the trans community and you need a safe place to speak or like be heard or just like be understood or you just need someone to talk to, like Kiko is fantastic for that. I am always here to help with whatever I can help with um, and point you in the right directions of like the right resources. You know, there's therapy, there's Planned Parenthood, like there's mm-hmm. plenty of different ways that you can go for like mental health, for your physical transition, for all of these things and like I will be posting all of these different sources and outlets on my page um, after this drops so that everybody can have access to these things. I'll compile a list because I think that mental and physical health is like really important. So don't do this alone because you don't need to because there's plenty of people who are experiencing this with you, have experienced this and can help you. And, you know, we're just we're just here to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. This was episode two. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to my channel. Give it a five-star review. Even if you didn't like it, still subscribing it to a five-star review. We're just here to normalize and educate for everyone. We just want everyone to live happy and healthy lifestyles. So this is Brooke and Kiko, and we are out. Out. Send it safely, nerds. Beep, 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 slutty scientist. Beep, beep, beep.